Let's just stand up on our feet one more time. I'm going to give this uh, scripture here, and we're going to run through this because uh, we uh, we have to be out of here no later than 11:30. So I'm going to try to do it in 20 minutes, but we'll see what happens. Okay. So Nehemiah 2:8 says, "The king granted me these requests because of the gracious hand of my God was upon me." Somebody say, "The hand of grace is on my life." Come on, say it like you believe it. The hand of grace is on my life. And then 1 Peter uh, 1.13 says this. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure. Somebody say a greater measure of grace. Another translation says divine favor will be released to you. So Father, I pray that you would even give us our next installment of the revelation of favor in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Look at somebody and say you're favorite of the Lord. Go ahead. Tell somebody you're favorite of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, worship team. I love you guys. Didn't they do an amazing job? Come on, let's give them a hand clap. Thank you, Ashley. It was amazing. That was an amazing testimony. I remember that. And uh, they're truly pressing into God. I'm telling you, uh, you know, my, me, uh, my wife and I, we work very interestingly together, I feel like. You know, there, I feel like that she has, in, she really encounters the Lord in ways. Every time she's encountered God in a certain way, like she said, there's always like a shift in our life. There's always, and I always ask her, you going after God? What you doing? Are you, what happened? Oh, my time. Okay, thank you. And so I like they're like, look, I don't understand it. Just tell me. <laughs> and so, but every time that she's had an encounter with God, we've seen that. And then it seems interesting that God always speaks to me about when it's time to move. Isn't it interesting? Like I always get the word of the Lord for Germany, for come back from Germany. Like there's always these, like, so I hear the, I get the word of the Lord and she has the encounter with God. And so like we, we it's just amazing. I love you. You're amazing. Can I marry you all over again? Is that okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be up here. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing? Name's Malik. Okay. So last week, we defined favor. Does anybody remember what we defined it as? Anybody? What is favor? Don't put it up there. What is it? Somebody shout it out. Four things. Okay. You want to give me one of them? Oh, okay. Okay, I got a double anointing here. Okay, anybody else? Oh, she got to say. Go ahead. <laughs> what was that, Pastor Tim? You okay? <laughs> anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? Come on, let's go. So we defined favor last week as those four things: to be approved of, to be given privilege, preferential treatment, to given. I gave that preferential treatment to be given benefits and gifts and to be given unfair advantage. And, and like I, I, I've had that word this morning, but I really believe that tis the season of favor and unmeasured favor, open doors, privilege, preference, advantage. And in that, we talked last week that there are traps that we must watch, that even as we're being approved of and God approves of us doesn't mean that he approves of everything we do. And so we need to be in the heartbeat of God. We need to hear the voice of God. And even though God created us for approval, we must not rely on the approval of man. Because people can like you one day and not like you the next day. You can give them the word of the Lord, they love it. Then you tell them something else, they say, that ain't the word of the Lord, I ain't receiving that. 
And so in another trap is uh, uh, manipulation and control. When you're given privilege, many times we feel as though we have to control the situation. But we learned through the life of Joseph that he didn't have to control the situation. Matter of fact, many things were out of his hand. But the Bible said that the Lord was what? With him. And it is important to know that God is with us. And then we said to be given gifts and benefits, and we learned that we can't earn those things. We don't do something to get something. We believe someone who already did something that we get. That's how we get something. You got it? And then we uh, unfair advantage, and we have to uh, watch out for pride. Because I know many Christians, they say, well, favor ain't fair. And they use it in a context of pride. But listen, everything God does for me, he blessed me so I could be a blessing. He poured lavishly upon me so I can pour lavishly on someone else. And if I heap things up on me, right, for my own benefits, for my own good, then guess what? I'll be destroyed by those things. And the Bible says, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? So, so what? You got a free parking spot. So what would happen if God, you arrived past that parking spot and the Lord said to you, I want you to go all the way to the end? Because number one, I have somebody else I want to park here. And number two, there's someone down there that I want you to be a blessing to. So you have to look for the door of the Lord and not just a door. A door, door, doors are everywhere. How many know that? But we want the door. Okay. And so I, I read a scripture here from Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. And he, he, he you know, a wicked king. He, was, he wasn't a good king, but... But Nehemiah was cupbearing for the king. I don't have time to go through the history. But basically his brothers came and said, you know, the walls are, are burnt down. And, 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 and it said that Nehemiah took up this concern. And, and, and he went before, uh, he was praying that the Lord would give him grace. And he went before um, uh, the king. And as he was going before the king, you know, he's a cupbearer. So he's probably the, the taster to make sure that they, no one's trying to poison the king. And so here he is before the king. And he's probably looking sad. He, he said, he said it's kind of in, the, in the king sees it. And the king said what's wrong with you basically i'm paraphrasing and so how many know that's not a good position to be in because if i was the king and i was looking at my cupbearer and he looked kind of anxious or sad or something like that i'm like is this a cooper you trying to kill me and he the first thing he says oh no let the king live forever that's his first word let the king king you're gonna live forever this cup is good and he goes on to explain what was happening in his home. And then, then the, the king starts to give him all this stuff so that he can do what, what God had already put in Nehemiah's heart to do. And that's where this verse comes, that the king granted me these requests because of the gracious hand of God was on my life. So he had amazing favor. And, and today I just want to just uh, highlight that the word favor uh, can be used many times interchangeably with the word grace. Somebody say grace. All right. And so uh, notice the King James, the new King James text uses the word grace and the amplified. If you have an amplified version, I, I, I encourage you to read things in different translations to get a fullness of what the word is saying. The Hebrew word for grace is charis, which is defined as favor, as kindness, as graciousness. And when we translate it, it means divine favor. Somebody say divine favor. So one of your homework assignments is this week, uh, go through the New Testament, Old Testament, look for places where it says grace, and then put divine favor in those places. And see how it opens up to you. 
First Peter 1.13, we read it says, brace up your minds, be ser- sober, set your hope holy and un- unchangeably on the grace, the divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So we see that uh, the revelation of grace comes in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where we first learn about what true grace is and what true favor is. Let me just say this. Two things about grace. Grace is, I'm going to go quick, so you're going to have to listen to the podcast, watch the video, because we got to get out of here. But grace is undeserved favor, kindness, and love. That's the first definition of grace. But I love this one. This is like my favorite. The second definition is divine enablement and empowerment. So grace is actually the ability so that you can live a righteous life, that you can live uh, uh, unto God, that you can do whatever God's called you to do. That's the grace. Okay, praise the Lord. So grace should not just be a catchphrase, but it should be a lifestyle. Grace is not just a religious idea, but a person. Matter of fact, religious people don't like grace because it can't be manipulated. It can't be controlled. So we need a revelation of favor. And to do this, we must remember that the revelation of favor comes through Jesus Christ. Let me give you some scripture. It's a long one, but it's good. It's in the Amplified Version. I heard that a woman wrote the Amplified Version. That's why I keep saying things over and over again in different ways. <laughs> Can I say that in this kind of church? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Bless me, Lord. I heard somebody else say it, and I don't know if it went over so well. People are like, uh-huh, look at him. He don't like women. Yes, I do. I love women. That's why I married one. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Side note, 2019 is the year of the woman. Y'all know that, right? Women are going to rise up all over the place and do amazing exploits for Jesus. We'll talk about that another day. John 1, 14 through 17. And some of the men should have been saying amen. You should have been amen and more than the women amen. Because if the women rise up, guess what? You're going to rise up too. Okay, anyway. And the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacle, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us. And we actually, somebody say actually, my daughter's favorite word now, actually, daddy, we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty. This is uh, uh, John giving a testimony of Jesus. Such glory as only the begotten son receives from his father, full of grace favor, loving kindness, and truth. And so John testifies about him, John the Baptist. And this was what, uh, uh, what he said. He who comes after me has priority over me, for he was before me. He takes rank above me, for he existed before I did. He has advanced before me because he is my chief. Somebody say, Jesus is my chief. For out of his fullness, that means his abundance. How many know that he is not, God is not lacking. Jesus, there's no lack in Jesus. So whenever we talk about God, when we ever talk about the person of Jesus, we're not talking about, you know, because we always look at it, the lowly Jesus or the, or the suffering Jesus. But how many know that he is rose up with all power in his hand? Amen. How many know that he is coming? And even when he came at a man, he still came in the fullness of God. That's why he had uh, the waves had to obey him. The wind had to obey him. The woman who was uh, bound for 18 years had to be loose. Lazarus had to come up from the grave out of his fullness. We have all received. Somebody say all received. We all had a share and we are all supplied with. I love this. You are supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped up upon gift. Does that seem like a lacking life? That seems a life of abundance. That seems like it puts the body of Christ and the people of God in a winning area. It looks like it puts us in a place where we win. 
And that's why we have to break the poverty mindset. I want to tell you, when I go talk to the drug dealers on the corner, some of them, I can't go all beat down and bummed out. Amen. I look like I'm just going to buy drugs from them. They got the new sneakers on. They got the new fresh stuff on. I got to come presenting myself and what God can do. Okay, two people got that. For while the law was given through Moses' grace, unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today to start looking for favor in your life. Start looking for Jesus to show up in your life. I love this story. It's tied so in. I'm tired of seeing poverty. Ashley was saying, I'm tired of seeing poverty all around me. I'm I'm tired of seeing a confusion. I'm tired of seeing lack. This is not what you died for, Jesus. I'm going to start looking for favor. I'm going to start looking for your hand in my life. Hello? I'm going to look for favor. Many times we look for judgment. And God told me to tell you, stop looking for judgment and start looking for Jesus. Jesus is full of mercy. That's what you don't deserve. Is that, is that how it goes? I always get that mixed up. Mercy is him not giving you what you deserve. And grace is him giving you what you don't deserve. Somebody say you can't earn this. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. But God, so rich in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. When we talk about the grace of God, you cannot separate it from the love of God. His love for you is jealous. His love for you is intense. And even at the moment, you might not feel it. Maybe because all of your other lovers have left you out to dry. But I'm telling you, there is a lover above all other lovers. There is a one who loves you. And the Bible says he's a jealous lover. And he loves you beyond, beyond, and past, past. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. You can't talk. Whenever you talk about giving in the Bible, whenever you see that word give, you think about grace. Anything that God gave us is grace. Anything that you have on right now, the clothes you're wearing, the thing, is all grace. It's not by our good efforts. It's not by our good uh, education. It's not by our position. It's only our position in him. Are you guys here with me? Just listening? Okay. Listen to this. He said that even when we were dead, this is the grace slain by our own, not anything he did, but by our own shortcoming and trespasses. Have you ever been slain by something you did? It said that he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him for. It is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. You can't earn this. You couldn't do it on your own strength. Many times, especially when you deal with, when we deal with our children, we sometimes, you know, you want to give them what they deserve. Like, you don't deserve that. But many times, the Lord, I, Caleb was acting up this morning. I said, man, I got to take him to the bathroom, talk to him. And the whole time walking there, the Lord was like, remember, you're about to preach about grace. <laughs> so I get to the bathroom, I lift up my voice and say, I'm not happy with what you did right now. I love you. <sighs> he starts crying. I'm crying. We give each other a hug. He comes back and does great. We have to remember that God comes in his grace. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. 
That's why we say you got to drink it straight with no chaser. You got to drink it straight down. You got to go for it. Because many times we're mixing and you can't mix the grace of God with the law. You can't mix it. You can't mix it. The law was there to prove that we were sinners, to prove that we were away from God, to prove that we couldn't do it on our own. But Jesus came. Somebody say he came. Am I making any sense to anybody? And the Bible says this. All right, here we go. So it says, and he raised us up. So not only did he deliver us. Listen, there's one thing when you know you bring somebody, you know, you, you see somebody going through a hard time. You bless them with a couple bucks. You know, you do. You maybe take them shopping or whatever. And then you say, go, okay, go do you. Have fun. But that's not the way God did it. God not only gave us his life and gave us abundance, but now he says, come on and live with me. Come on to the heavenly places. Sit with me. Come be with me. This is the love of God. This is the grace of God. He raises us up together in him. Somebody say together. He raises us up together with him and makes us to sit down together, giving us joint seating with him. Listen, you can't sit in my chair when you come to my house. You go get your own chair because it's my house. But Jesus says, no, you can sit right with me. You can sit with me in heavenly places. The Messiah, the anointing one. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come. That's right now. The immeasurable, the limitless, the passing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, and his kindness and goodness of heart to us, towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by free grace, unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. So I said all that to say that grace is a gift. Grace is a gift. Somebody say grace is a gift. Grace is the gift of God. I'm so glad that God doesn't put us where we should be, but where he wants us to be. Some of you shouldn't be here right now. When I think over my life, I shouldn't be here right now. When I think about the people that God has blessed me to meet, I'm not talking about just people who might be quote unquote famous. I mean you. It's a blessing to know you. It's a blessing to meet you. It's a blessing that God will open up doors of favor and grace over and over again in my life. And I pinch myself. Sometimes, you know, when uh, I've, I've seen where, where people start to get prominence and God starts opening amazing doors and they meet people, you know, they're starstruck or whatever. And then they think that they're better than no. I'm like every time I'm crying. I was in a hotel room crying because in the bathroom this weekend because of the grace of God, because God does it. It's nothing that I could have done on my own. I don't call people up and say, hey, are you looking? for a prophet hey are you looking for a minister people are calling me and saying Malik the Lord put your name in 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 our ear and during prayer time and we want you to come and be a part of this event it's the grace of God and God is putting your name in the ears of others God is putting your name in the ears of others and he's saying get ready because doors of favor are about to open up for you listen if you do it for me God is no respecter of persons I'm so glad that God doesn't put us where we should be, but where he wants us to be. Romans 3.23 says, since all have sinned and fallen short of honor and glory, which God bestows and receives, all are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So this grace is for you. This grace is a gift. And I never had a gift that, uh, oh, let me, let me, let me keep going. Listen to this. God wants to reign in your life. Grace wants to reign in your life. Who's the king of your life? Listen to this. 
Romans 5, 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God wants grace to reign in our life. When we think about people, when we have thoughts about people, is grace reigning in your life or judgment? Are you thinking about the wrongs that they've done or whatever? Are you thinking about how God has purchased them, how God has bought them with his blood? See, grace is, it has to get into you. It has to become a part of who who you are and how you live. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying that I I think this way all the time. But I want to tell you, the more and more that you focus on Jesus and how he bought you and how it was his limitless uh, supply of love towards you, his intense love towards you, you start thinking about people differently. You stop coming from a judgmental mindset versus a grace-centered mindset towards the people, not only of God, but people in general. You start to listen more than you start to fix. In our life, grace should be reigning, not guilt, not shame. Grace should be. He's faithful to forgive you of all of your trespasses. He's faithful to, to when you come to him, he's faithful. He's faithful to watch you. He's faithful to hug you. He's faithful to love you. You're listening to this. And many of you, you you're your worst enemy sometimes. You beat yourself down because you're not reading the word enough. Listen, if you just remember how much he loves you, that will cause you to read the word more. Many times I tell people, hey, well, I'm sorry. I don't read the word like I should. Oh, I know I should be fasting. Stop. Stop all your works. And just Receive. It's not about what you can do. Yes, I know it's good to read. It's good to pray. It's good to fast. But if you're doing that so that you can get closer to God, you've already missed it because you have already been grafted in because of what he has done. You're already close to him. You're already the affection of his heart. He already loves you. He already is head over heels with you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. It just gets better and better. That's what uh, Dean Braxton said. Just get better and better. I got six minutes. Help me, Jesus. Then you got to get your kids, okay? (laughs) Righteousness, listen, because I know somebody might have seen that. Even so, grace might reign through righteousness. Sometimes people say, well, I'm righteous. You know, we got to be righteous, Malik. We can't just be no sloppy grace here. We got to be righteous. How many know righteousness is a gift? You can't make yourself righteous. It is a gift. Hello? Romans 5, 17 says, for it is because of one man's trespass. Talking about Adam. I'm just saying that. They didn't put Adam in a far off place in heaven. I don't know if Dean Brad's going to talk about that, but he just need to be somewhere over there for a couple years till we get his work numbering. Death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness putting them in right standing with themselves, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Grace is a gift and righteousness is a gift. And the only way that you're going to walk in righteousness, if you first walk in grace, and the only way that you're going to walk in grace, if you first believe what he has done and what, how he has purchased you and the finished work, it's the finished work. It's not your works. It's the finished work. It's the finished work. The more I think about what he did for me, how he saved me, how he brought me out, how he's saving my family, how he's saving. I've seen many of you transformed by the grace of God. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I want to press in. The more I want to go after God, the more I want to pray in tongues, the more I want to fast, the more I want to ah, give my life as a, a sacrifice to the Lord. 
because of his grace. Listen, if I went and wrote you a million dollar check and just say, here, it's for you. Love you. And then I come back to you next week and say, hey, can you help me? It's not manipulation control, but like, hey, can you help me like uh, move something real quick? You're going to be like, yes, I will help you. Yes. Matter of fact, I'll pay for the mover. Hello? I'll work on the team. Why? Because grace is working in your life. You just got something that you didn't deserve, that you didn't earn. And because we, you just free love. And now God, God is just saying, hey, I, you know, you want to go with me to the nations? Okay, let me keep going. Four minutes. How many know a gift has to be received? Just put your hands out and receive it. Just say, Lord, I receive your grace. I receive your grace. Can the worship team just come? I receive your grace. I receive your grace. I receive your grace. I receive your grace. Grace is, listen to this, grace is God's ability. Somebody say God's ability. 1 Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. So Paul is saying, listen, it's only because of grace that I am what I am. And guess what? I worked harder than all of them. Sometimes people say, Malik, how can you do what you do? How can you be on Sunday? How can you go to the nations? How can you do this? Listen, it's, I'm working hard, but guess what? It's not me that's working. It's the grace of God that's working in my life. And I want to tell you, you can get rid of that tiredness. You can get rid of that laziness. You can get rid of that apathetic spirit if you're operating in the grace of God. You'll be able to do more. You'll be able to go farther. You could be able to go harder. I'm not saying don't rest your natural body, but there are times when God is requiring something of you and you don't have time to sleep. You don't even have time to eat. Paul said in restlessness, in fasting, in all night watching, he said that I'm, I'm operating in a different realm. You can operate in that realm. Go ahead and stand up. He said, yet not I. Somebody say, yet not I. But the grace of God was with me. And I got to say this. We access this by faith. Grace, what I'm talking about, because it can seem so euphoric. It can seem so out there in this grace. With grace, with its grace. Grace is a person, and you access Jesus by faith. And how many know that faith is a gift? How many know you can't make faith happen? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Some of you, faith is being activated in your life right now just by hearing. Some of you can feel the hand reaching out. The faith is the invisible hand that re- faith is the hand that reaches into the invisible realm and accesses everything that God has for us. So even now, while the word is going forth, some of you can sense the hand that's inside of you reaching. Just let it reach and grab a hold of the grace of God. The unmerited favor of God, the approval, the privilege, the preferential treatment. Reach and grab it. Reach and take it today. Reach and take it. Come on, somebody. Reach. Help me. Reach and take it. Reach and take it. Reach and take the grace that is available for you. Reach out and take it. Reach out and receive it. You know, sometimes and it's a spiritual thing, but I tell people, do it in the natural as an act of faith, saying, God, I'm reaching today. I'm, if you saw me in my prayer time, I'm always walking. I do cartwheels. I do all kinds of stuff because by faith, I'm taking a hold of it. I'm taking a hold of it. The grace of God. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice. Somebody give the Lord a praise. We stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Without grace, there could be no glory. Without grace, we cannot have the access to the glory of God. And I got to end because I got one minute, but I'm doing good. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. 
It's get rid of the stop signs in your life. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Those who think they can do it on their own. Those who think they can work hard enough. Those are, well, I prayed and see, I've been praying. And see, that's why these miracles are happening. Because I'm over here praying. No, it's not. It's, you know what I mean? Other people are praying. You know what I mean? Other people are believing. You know what I mean? Other people, it's because of the grace. Pointed back to the grace. That's the grace of God. When you see a miracle this week, say, that's the grace. That's the favor. That's the goodness of God. Don't point it to your works. Don't point it to you. Because then God won't be able to give you bigger assignments. Because he gives grace to the humble. Last thing, Nehemiah 6.15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. In the 52 days, we get it done with grace. We get it done with grace. You want to get that thing done. You want to see those miracles happen. We get it done with grace. You want to see God turn your family around. You want to see the books being written. You want to see the things that God told you about putting you on TV. Whatever it is, it might be outlandish, but we can get it done with the grace. The grace of God. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash relentlessdc.